Welcome to the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs Podcast. This show offers wisdom, inspiration, and tips on how women entrepreneurs built their businesses and how they incorporate mindfulness and spiritual practices to become successful. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, a certified entrepreneurs coach. I specialize in helping natural therapy practitioners release emotional and subconscious resistance to get more clients. Now, let's jump into today's episode. I hope you'll enjoy it. Hello, friends, and welcome to episode four of the Conscious Women Entrepreneurs podcast. I'm your host, Martina Thomason, and today I am excited to introduce you to my friend, Aris Stromi. She left her corporate job as a communications advisor to become a yoga teacher and an entrepreneur. And she has been teaching since 2015. She has weekly classes and also hosts workshops, retreats, and even do teacher trainings. She started her entrepreneurial journey and since then she has learned a lot of do's and don'ts, which we will be talking about today. However, I just want to tell a quick story, which is pretty hilarious. Aris and I go way back and we actually live together in Australia. We started kitesurfing together at the same time and um, Iris went all in to the point where she got into competing. Me, on the other hand, realized that I was more scared of sharks than my desire to be become a good kite surfer. But I'll pick up my game with snow kiting though. <laughs> okay, so today we'll be talking about uh, another passion of yours. How to use the yogic philosophy in creating the life and business that you love. So, do you want to tell us a little bit more about that? I believe that it's important to pursue what you find is true to you. So don't follow what anyone else thinks that you should do, what your parents think you should, you should do, what your society think you, thinks you should do, what your friends think about you. Um, and that was, I think it's easy to say, but it's, it's a hard learned lesson. So you have to go through many stages of life before you find what we in yogic philosophy call dharma, which is your designated way. And, and um, you develop what is called Svadharma, which is your personal road from, from all the samskaras and the deep, deep impressions and um, uh, patterns that you have deep ingrained in your mind, they together form uh, how you live in the world and that predicts your Svadharma. Svadharma. So you can... You can kind of, in a way, choose your Svadharma, Svadharma um, but you can also choose not to live by your Svadharma and that will ultimately create a lot of pain. So that's, I guess that's what I experienced through my course of doing different things and, and diving into different professions that I wasn't following my path. And I, I had to go through through some pain to to find the right path and I think that's inevitable because I mean yeah I think you have to fall a couple of times before you get up and you and you and then you learn some really valuable lessons that you can take with you along on the road mm. yeah because um, in our society we are institutionalized from a very young age we go to the same schools 
and follow the same education program and then um, we're kind of conditioned to just start a job and that might not be like corporate might not be the best fit for everyone especially entrepreneurial people and adventurous people like yourself so um, when you experienced um, the hardship of being in corporate the pain became too great so you had to do something about it can you tell us a little bit more about that well well I can tell a little story from when when I finished university so as Martina said earlier we went to university together in Australia and uh, when I finished my master's degree in communications and media I was fully intent on starting my corporate career I felt that I had to do that I had to do something to really prove myself and I don't really know what it was that made me feel so strongly about it but it was I felt like I had to leave Australia to do that and um, that was also why for a period when I was in Australia um, after I finished university I was I was depressed because I, I didn't I didn't think that I followed my path mm. what I thought was my path back then was to to start some corporate career whatever it was I didn't really care what kind of business it was I didn't I just wanted to do something great for some yeah. reason. I wanted to be recognized. Okay. I wanted to prove myself. Within the confines of a corporate career. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I thought back then, I thought that's how people recognize you. That's how you gain respect. Mm. Um, so, well, I did that. I moved, moved back to Norway and I got a job at um, this big... A, a um, big company and it was like a dream job so I but I had to move city so I moved city and I lived there for two years and I was so intent on doing great at my job uh, that I I did everything for my job I I lived for my job the only thing on my mind was to eat well sleep well live well so that I could I could succeed at my job and that's what I did. I did really well in my job. I got promoted to being the head of communications for the for the company and I got to work on some really exciting projects. But uh and that was just after 2 years of working there. But then for some reason I think I just I burnt myself out. Mm -hmm. I spent all my passion, everything doing great at my job. So at one point, I just crashed. Right. Um, so I just decided I need to need to figure some things out. I need to do something different. I need to find back find back to who I am. So that's when I took leave from my job and I, I started traveling. So I traveled for kite surfing because that that was my biggest passion back then. But I kind of put it on the shelf when I started working. I put it, all my biggest passions on the on the shelf. Um, when I was working that corporate job. So I traveled, went kite surfing at the most exotic places in the world. And then I also did a teacher training, which really changed the course of my life. Awesome. Yeah, crazy. But you have been practicing yoga since 2008. So you've been yeah. really into 
um, the whole uh, physical movement but also uh, the breathing of it and maybe also a little bit inspired by the yogic philosophy since then but you oh, really yeah. sort of uh, got an aha or it changed your life when you actually started your journey on becoming a teacher yourself yeah um, but when I did my teacher training I really learned a lot about the the philosophy uh, about how to practice and also really dive deep into the practice um, which makes you realize on a deeper level both a physical and mental level what the practice does to you so it's both the theoretical part but it's also the practice part that changes you when you do something as intensive as a teacher training but you know, I only did a month of teacher training and intense teacher training. That was my first teacher, first teacher training. And it's crazy that you can call yourself a teacher after doing a, a training for a month. Yeah. Because it's, it's really not enough. Even if you, even if the, for the teacher training you work day and night, it's, it's a hard thing. It's not a vacation. It's definitely not a retreat. But I mean, I had a long road to walk from the first initial teacher training, but that was what catapulted me into the yogic journey, if you like. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, I've seen the books in your home and your constant studies. And so could you just highlight some of the things that you are most the most excited about right now? Because I know it goes in waves and, uh, you know, we have seasons in life and... Uh, you might have been interested in this part before, but now you're more interested in this part over here. So what are you currently really drawn to? It's, it sounds weird to say, but I'm really interested in the path of enlightenment. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Could you elaborate on that? I'm not the type of person who can just like, well, I'm going to go get enlightened and I'm going to move to Bali and I'm going to seek out a guru and then just suddenly become enlightened. For me, it's like, I want to understand it. I want to analyze it. I don't want to. I don't want to understand why I should even seek that path. Is it worth seeking enlightenment in this life? Maybe not. Maybe that's not the path for me. But I think there's some really. I think it's something really magical about it, and that's what attracts me to it. It's. It has this mystical component because you can't really say what it is before you experienced it yourself sure so dharma is a part of the yogic philosophy and uh, something that you have um, been really interested from what i understand and actually live life on your terms and, and your type of success we were touching on it briefly earlier uh, elaborate a little bit on what success means to you specifically because I just think that society uh, has a certain way of perceiving success. And for me, it's important to get different perspectives of, on personal successes. Definitely. Well, for me, I found out that that didn't lead me any way. I lost all my motivation. I burnt out. I didn't find any passion in my job anymore. But once you find, find what success means to you, you also find your, your dharma, which is your way, or your swadharma, which is your individual way. Dharma is, in, in a, a certain age, 
there's certain dharmas that I kind of needed uh, and put out into the what would you say cosmic projection mm-hmm. um, so for example earlier in times you would need hunters and you would need getters and you would need home builders but now you need more of uh, the accountants and the real estate agents and the salesmen so that's dharmic roads in, in this age right mm-hmm. and your swadharma is your individual road within that right um, which is defined by yourself mm-hmm. what you do in your life what you choose to spend your time in but it's also predicated by your true expression say your highest self and if you don't follow your true expression, well, then you, I don't really think you know what true success is. Mm. So for me, success isn't about money. Definitely not money. It's not about earning a lot of money. Of course, it's nice to do hard work and then earn something from it because you give something out and you should get something back, right? Sure. Yeah. Um, But success for me is about affecting people Mm. in a certain way, affecting people and help them to maybe see themselves clearer through the practice of yoga. I'm just a teacher of yoga, but the real, the real teacher is the practice. Yeah. Which makes you humble, makes you understand that you can only do so much and then you have to leave the rest up to universe yeah it's a saying that goes something along the lines of um a teacher or a guru can only point you in the right direction and so you have to walk the walk yourself and you can't really get all the questions answered you kind of have to just experience it in terms of money like you were saying like working and earning money i remember you were saying that you've been saving up to do travel so money is simply a tool it just depends what you choose to do with it and if you have uh, an abundance of money then you know you have more choices or or you could uh, go on even more frequent trips or more expensive trips if that's your desire so um, money is a great tool but Mm. uh, money in and of itself seems mundane and boring it's just all the things that it allows us to do so for you that has been uh, traveling and kite surfing and being able to further your education in yoga taking all these courses um, but also allow you to uh, devote your life or at least up until now to living and being a yoga teacher yeah yeah i completely agree money is a tool one of the one of the major pitfalls as a yoga teacher is to not price yourself high enough because most yoga teachers they don't they just want to give mm-hmm. and they and they kind of like well you just pay what you like or they, they just set a really low price mm-hmm. and hope that someday they will be famous <laughs> enough so that they, they can charge more yeah but you can't value yourself like that. Remember, I mean, for me, I have, what is it now? 12 years of experience with yoga. Mm. 
Mm. And my, I mean, my knowledge doesn't come for free. Exactly. But I still struggle with that. I still like price myself too low. Mm. I think because it's it's kind of a balance. You you I want people to be able to come to a retreat without mm. emptying their pocket. Yeah. And also, if you put the price too high, you attract a certain type of people. But I want the people who really need it to come to my retreats. And those people are usually not the ones who have, not all of them, but a lot of them don't have the unlimited means yeah. to pay for a retreat. Sure. So that's kind of, you need to find a nice balance there. Yeah. But as a yoga teacher, you can do different things. So you can do some things that you price high. Yeah, like a premium then, thing. Yeah, premium thing. Yeah. And then you can do some things that you're maybe a bit more passionate about or kind of like your... your uh, karmic yoga project you're giving back a yeah. little bit or doing selfless work um and you can price that a little bit lower yeah yes you like you were saying like yes you can have a passion project or you can have uh, free information on your youtube channel or your uh, podcast or instagram or whatever it's just an act of self-love actually to or self-care to have sufficient amounts so that you can thrive and therefore give back even more and it's this beautiful thrive cycle and also you were mentioning your training doesn't come for free the yoga class might last for what 90 minutes well usually 75 minutes <laughs> yeah so 75. if i'm lucky 90 minutes okay <laughs> <laughs> and but all the hours of training all the hours of study you know all the hours of preparation goes into that and there was um there's this story about, I think it's Pablo Picasso. He was drawing this little scribble on, an, on a napkin and someone came over to him and asked if they could buy it. And he said a pretty high price and they were blown away. It's like, well, it took you only 10 minutes to draw it. And then he said, well, it took 10 years to go, get to this. Mm. And I think that's really important to remember that just because the act of doing it right now doesn't take too long. It's a wealth of experience and teachings and or learnings that comes from it. Yeah. And that reminds me of something important. I mean, firstly, well, I started teaching classes actually right after I finished my 200 hours practice. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I was such a newbie teacher back at that time. I had such a long road to go. Mm. Um, but, but you learn from teaching. Yeah. And then you acquire new skills and more knowledge along the way and for any profession the the road is endless i mean it's gonna last forever you never you never learn enough i think if you feel like you learned enough then there's you've reached some dead end point yep. on your road so it's important in anything that you do that you enjoy the road, that you enjoy the path that you take, that you enjoy learning more and acquiring new knowledge and seeking out new inspiration, new teachers, new trainings to attend. Because, well, yeah, you can acquire 20, 30 years of experience, but it's not like once you reach that goal and there's no end goal, <laughs> But once you reach what you think is an end goal of like 20 years experience, say, um, what about those 20 years prior? If you didn't enjoy them, if you didn't, if you didn't live life fully dead, why are you going to live life when you finally reach that goal? 
Yeah, exactly. It's that the journey. It's the journey, and I think so many people, including myself, that many times live with the kind of thought that, well, once I get this, yes, <laughs> it will feel better. Once I get this nice house, or I get the perfect boyfriend, I will find peace within myself.、Mm. But it won't happen. You always look for external things to fulfill yourself. That's one of the most important、um, things you learn in yoga. That it will never, never fulfill you. Yeah. You have to realize that you already have all the things you need within yourself. Yeah. And it sounds kind of like a little bit woohoo or rainbows, rainbows and unicorns, but it's it's actually true. Yeah. And I was thinking about different quotes because you asked me <laughs> to find a favorite favorite quote of mine, and to be honest, I don't have one favorite quote, but I come up with with things that inspire me all the time. And one thing that I thought about today was that if you're not happy with your mind, you won't be happy with your life.、Mm. And most people go searching out for something external in their life to fix their mind. But it has to go the opposite way. You have to work on your mind first, and then you go work on all the other things in your life. Sure. Getting the job you want, or but you can do. You can also do that along the road. But you need to really. You need to spend time getting to know yourself. Sure. You need to prioritize that above everything else. I think. I agree with that. Know thyself. Know thyself. <laughs> <laughs> so.、Um, Because this is a podcast for conscious women entrepreneurs, I always want to ask my guests about their experiences and lessons around running a business, or,、um, or in your case,、uh, almost being your business. And so, how does、uh, running a conscious business look like for you in practice? What are some of your practices or mindsets? Do you do energy work?、Uh, what's your balance between taking action and completing tasks versus? More internal work. Oh, well, what it looks like. Let me just go through like a normal day for me. So you wake up at at six a.m. and you go to practice. I always prioritize my own practice if I can. Sometimes I have morning classes, so I can. But I do my own practice, and then I teach my class. Usually、I、have one, maybe two morning classes. And then you sit down and work on whatever you have to work on. Maybe it's emails. Maybe it's planning a workshop. Maybe it's planning a class. Maybe it's finding pictures for your retreat. It can be various things. And then you teach maybe one or two evening classes, and then you go home. And at that at that point, usually tired. And what's really easy as a yoga teacher is to work your butt off, especially when you start out. You end up taking off. On a lot of classes because you need a lot of classes to make enough money if that's your main income.、Mm -hmm. So I learned the hard way that if you take too many classes, you won't have any energy left to teach the last classes of the day. You won't have anything to give out,、mm. and especially you won't have anything to give when you come home. You don't you don't have any energy to give to your partner. You don't have any energy to spend time with your friends. Yeah, and what's what quality of life is that really? <laughs> <laughs> know your energy expenditure. Don't measure your productivity based on the hours、mm. you spend working, but measure it on 
how many, how much energy you, you use doing that task. Right. And as a yoga teacher, I think, uh, especially in the beginning, when you put so much of yourself in the class, the energy expenditure for one class is humongous. Right, yeah. It's, it's a lot. I mean, you, it feels like you're what, standing on the stage and you're trying to entertain a group of 20, 30 people. Yeah. For a whole hour and a half, maybe even. So you need to learn techniques and ways to acquire energy back. Mm. So you can, for, for me, if during a day, sitting down, drinking a cup of coffee, spending 10 minutes just staring into the air, great. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, so that, that's your little um, mental break. Um, yeah, that's one thing. Yeah. But also I have other things I can... At, at evening, sometimes I prioritize time after dinner to do kundalini yoga. Okay, yeah, because that's really um, recharging and energizing, isn't it? It's energizing and it's, it's a great way to meditate. Awesome. After kundalini practice, I can sit down and meditate so much easier than just sitting down and meditating just f from doing something else. It really focuses your mind narrows your whole specter of attention wow i need to look into that yeah. <laughs> so has there been any major obstacles that you've overcome and learned from so many <laughs> what's my major obstacle myself definitely <laughs> myself i have so many limiting beliefs about myself and, and yet I here you are yeah well it's ridiculous <laughs> I, when i think back at who I was even just a couple of years ago. Yeah. I just go, wow, all the limitations you put for yourself, mm. how small you make yourself. Yes. And that's, I think, also why earlier in life it was so important for me to prove myself right. either through sports or through my profession. So through, through really um, overcoming your limiting beliefs that need to sort of prove yourself to others faded a little bit because you were more... Um, confident in yourself and yeah. you so you didn't need that external feedback yeah I think it's both age and it's it's yeah. also from the the practice of yoga and I mean mainly the the studying part of yoga not the physical practice but learning about the philosophy applying the philosophy in your life makes you realize that you're greater than your small self. The small self is the role that you play out in society, right? Yeah. I thought I needed to to prove myself in some way. I need to needed to be really great to be worth something. I didn't feel like I was worth enough if I wasn't doing something amazing, if I wasn't proving myself in kite surfing, if I wasn't winning competition or if I wasn't doing some a great job where I work but now it's different and it gives you this kind of internal peace that's it's nice to have mm. not to say that I still sometimes I still let my ego take board yeah uh, sure. but but less and less yeah We're and I recognize it too when when I become too obsessed in in performing yeah. So, um, did you ever have resistance towards speaking and living your authentic truth to the world? Um, it sounds like it, it was a bit of a journey for you, like okay. everyone else, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, 
it took me a long time to even consider quitting my job and going full-time as a yoga teacher. Yeah, big step. Yeah, because I felt like no one really believed in me. And I still sometimes I still feel like that. My parents were like, well, okay, maybe you can do this for a while, but then you can go back to your real job again. Yeah. <laughs> and then I still get questions from my friends all the time, like, well... How long are you gonna do this? Or really? how does it feel to be a yoga teacher? Wow. Yeah, yeah, I guess they'll get that. So especially in in our society in Norway, mm. to have like a real job where you're employed at a company, yeah. that's like that's when you've grown up. Yeah. And and being an entrepreneur or doing something a little bit untraditional, like being a yoga teacher, which I don't think is untraditional, but I think for many people it might be. I would say it's very traditional. Do you know how long, how many thousands of years that tradition has been going yeah. on? <laughs> it's just not our tradition, I suppose. But as a profession... Yeah. Um, yeah, well, so still get questions all the time, like, how long are you going to do this? And yeah, so they're like, oh, when are you going to use your master's degree in communication? Which yeah. you, so it's kind of like this, um, I suppose it's almost like a double whammy, because first of all, we're sort of expected to ha get our education, our bachelor's degree and then master's degree and then get a job. And if we don't get a job, we're, we've wasted that education. And it's mm. like, oh, well, you've now wasted so much time and money on this, but it's like, you have never wasted anything. I'm sure you've used some of the things you learned in your communication studies in your uh, entrepreneurial journey and... and um, mm. Yeah, let me yeah. just say that the things I've learned from being a yoga teacher and living this very uncertain life, both economically and with the corona situation, not being able to work at the studio, I mean, doing that has taught me the greatest lessons of my life. It has matured me in a way that I think it would take me a way longer time to acquire working for someone else. Right. Yeah, because you have to take full responsibility when you're an entrepreneur. Well, you yeah. can't just lean on that income that comes in every month. You have to really... You have to be your own reviser. You yeah. have to be your own mental coach. You have to be your own assistant, time management manager. Accountant, yeah. Accountant. You have to be your own salesperson. Mm. You have to pay, take on so many roles and it, it can be overwhelming sometimes, but the lessons that it teaches you, they're just great. Yeah. <laughs> There's uh, people that say that having a business is sort of the, the greatest self-development journey you can be on because it really puts you square in the you just have to figure this out yes. <laughs> and overcome your own bullshit and limited limitations. So yeah, and I think it, it's a the the best way to really find out the right path for you because I think you notice straight away if you're trying to start your own company if you're not doing if you're not following your swadharma. Mm -hmm then you'll lose motivation straight away. You yeah. won't be able to do the things necessary to start a business, which means working a lot of hours for no, no money at all mm. and accepting a lot of bullshit too yeah. before you kind of start to float yeah. back up above the surface. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So something that I also ask uh, my guests is, what is something that you feel would 
be beneficial to get coaching on? Ooh, so many things. Uh, I'm a bit embarrassed to say this, but I don't have a coach at the, t at the time. And I've never had my own coach. I've had different mentors. Mm -hmm. I've had uh, teachers, yoga teachers, that have taught me and given me a lot of opportunities and believed in me. Um, that has been major, especially when you start out and, and you have so many limiting beliefs about yourself. But I think I would really love to have a coach. Uh, I think it's valuable to have a coach because that person can point out what you're capable of. I think a good coach can see you in a clear light without the limiting beliefs that you set for yourself. And they can kind of point you and steer you in the right direction and tell you to do things that you maybe feel a lot of resistance against. Yeah, so that's a big distinction because um, I think a lot of people are not sure the difference of mentors and coaches because often they're used interchangeably but a mentor is a person that has walked a walk before you and can quite kind of uh, help you walk that same path whereas a coach is honoring that you're the expert in your field but they're just really great at asking you the right questions to discover for yourself your truths and also seeing like you were saying seeing where you have resistance and instead of bulldozing that or some coaches do but I certainly don't don't because it's a passion point for me um see resistance and then going deeper and finding out so okay so we we honor this resistance where is it coming from uh what feels like less resistance in doing this thing how can we do it in a way that feels aligned or good mm -hmm. so I think that's really important so you're saying coaching would be good for you in terms of getting like a meta perspective or seeing you from the outside and helping you see your blind spots maybe. Yeah, and, and just helping me to really go for the things I want. Yeah. Which reminds me I should find a coach. <laughs> but I think <laughs> maybe it would be valuable to have a coach online. Yeah, because I think that that is also a big thing. Like you can have a business coach or an entrepreneur coach, but I think that it's really important that they know a bit about the industry and that they're really wholeheartedly passionate about what you're doing. So, for example, I'm really into natural therapies and things like that. So that's and something that I'm so passionate about getting out more into the world and and sort of lifting that to the forefront. So I think w when you can find someone in your situation that is practicing yoga themselves maybe and, and really interested in that path, then they understand maybe more how you think as well. Mm. Awesome. So just, we're getting to the end. And so I have three rapid fire questions. The first one is, what's your favorite quote? And we already touched on this. So what is the book that has impacted you the most in terms of your entrepreneurial journey? Okay, so specifically for entrepreneurship, it's uh, this it's a book called uh, Grit. Uh, Why Passion and Resilience Are the Secrets to Success. It's written by... Uh, a woman named Angela Duckworth. It's such a great book because, well, it teaches you that talent can only get you so far. You really have to work hard. You have to believe in yourself. You have to practice, practice, practice. You have to fight, find the right people 
who can help you get ahead in what you're doing to be able to succeed in life. Especially for someone like me who didn't really naturally... I wasn't naturally good at anything, especially not sports. Really? I was such a fa- oh, I was such a failure. I was the... Wow. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> I would never I, have thought that looking at you in your kitesurfing glory. <laughs> I don't have the natural talent, but that taught me something really important. That if I wanted to be good, I had to work really hard and I had to work harder than anyone else. I had to practice more than anyone else. Yeah, and I think, I think it's so easy to glorify and see people's highlight reels on Instagram and social media and it just looks like they're they just got there so easily but nobody has really spoken about the ups and downs of life professionally and personally Mm. and and I think that's important to remember and that's why I really want to bring people on the show as well to talk about those things and and the fact that tough feelings are also an indicator as to what to do like it it also tells us what we like what we don't like Mm -hmm. that we need to make changes to make it better for us or for our journey and so i think that's really important yeah and don't be scared to stumble yes don't be be scared of of things that challenges you yeah awesome and so final question in the (laughs) what not so rapid fire questions (laughs) Is that's all right. We got a yoga teacher here. You're more <laughs> in the present. It's all good. So, what is something the listeners can do or focus on this week to get them closer to being a successful entrepreneur and live life on their terms? Just go and do it. I see so many people who just spend enormous amount of time planning and and writing down scripts of how they're gonna do things and and keeping a goal journal but they have so much trouble getting it out there getting their service or whatever it is that they want to create out into the public yeah just get it out i so people seem to have resistance around putting themselves out there it's so much safer to just sit there and plan and and uh, think that we're doing the right thing now, we're moving in the right direction, but they're not taking the steps that will actually make something happen, which is maybe uh, where some people would benefit from a coach, not everyone, but maybe some, to just have that accountability and someone that can help them overcome that resistance. Awesome. Okay, so uh, where can the listeners find you? I teach uh, weekly classes at uh, this place called High Yoga in Majorstuen in in Oslo, Mm -hmm. Norway, (laughs) for those (laughs) listeners not from Norway. And you can also find me on my handle is Iris Stromi. Okay, I'll link to that in the show notes and also in the description for this episode so what i want to leave you with from this episode is to dare to live your success and um, take little steps to get where you want thank you so much for listening today if you enjoyed this episode please share it with anyone who supports women entrepreneurs and natural therapies to create change We need to work together and promote each other. As always, please leave a review. Five stars if you think we need more mindfulness and spirituality in business. If you're interested in coaching with me, head on over to my website and schedule a free discovery call. Finally, if you have any inquiries or you would like to interview me on your show, shoot me an email. 
Details are in the show notes over at my website, martinathomason.com. Have an amazing week. Cheers, guys. Bye.